Yakshamash, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Of course, brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Make sure you guys check out Bucky's Fifth Quarter for all your NFL draft selections from your favorite Wisconsin players from 2016 season and before. And we, as you see on our webpage right now, you see tons of scouting reports. Our feature that I wrote up based on our interview with Vince Beagle, that Scotty and I uh, conducted last Monday that we threw up on the site quickly. Uh, so check out that. Check out scouting reports from of Beagle, Shelton, Associate Shelton, Corey Clement, Ryan Ramchick, T.J. Watt, both of whom, by the way, might make Mike Mayak maybe just like an hour within the past hour or so. As they, he's put them both into the first round in his mock draft. Uh, so that's intriguing as well to see where they go. And we'll, they'll be top, topics of discussion tonight too. Uh, but also stay tuned, you know, uh, for any Wisconsin Badger news coming up tomorrow on Bucky's fifth quarter. And, you know, tonight it is, this is, there's a lot going on in, in this Wisconsin sports world. You know, there's the Milwaukee Brewers who have, you know, swept the Cincinnati Reds. Scotty was there Monday. I was there yesterday with my oldest, along with my co-author, Joe Nellis, enjoying uh, Eric Thames being on a historic, uh, just hot streak. And then, and then, you know, Milwaukee Bucks, of course, trying to hold on to their playoff lives and hold on to their season tomorrow night, Thursday going up against the Toronto Raptors down three to two in the, that, you know, first round of the NBA playoffs. Uh, but of course, then tomorrow night it's, it's, uh, I think what a lot of people are looking at and what in Wisconsin, they're going to be flipping back and forth between the Bucks game and the draft, or like some people put up two TVs right next to each other and watch side by side, which I'm still trying to negotiate with people within my household. Uh, so we are trying to work on that, but we're talking about NFL draft 2017. We're here with Evan Tex Western from Acme packing company. Always love having him on the show. Tex, man, you know, you and I both talked about it before. This is a fun time of the year. And, you know, the next three days are going to be crazy for you guys at Acme Packing Company, uh, and especially for us, too, at Bucky's Fifth Quarter with with all the names going on. How are you guys preparing? And, and it seems like you guys, you know, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Jairi Evans signing in just a second, but just what's the mood? Have, have you noticed from those following your site and, and following in the Packers and, and in anticipation for – the 2017 edition of the NFL draft. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me guys. And, and everybody's excited. It's, this is about as fun a weekend as we get covering, uh, covering the Packers and as, as any weekend all year. Um, it's certainly one that I look forward to. Honestly, I miss the days where the draft was, was two days, you know, Saturday, Sunday, you just knock it out the whole weekend rather than being uh, in prime time. But, um, Nothing you can do about that now. They they get their eyeballs on the uh, on the TV screens having round one in prime time on Thursday. So, um, but yeah, we're we're geared up. We're we're ready to go um, all week long. We've been kind of doing some roundtables with our uh, various contributors, looking at prospects we really like, guys we don't like. Um, finally today, we we ran down our official predictions for what the Packers do with the 29th pick. So, um, it's it's fun. It'll be uh, it'll be really interesting to see what Ted Thompson does at 29. Um, my, my hunch is that, uh, some of those quarterbacks start to fall and he actually does end up finding a trade partner to move back into round two, maybe pick up a third or a fourth round pick. Um, and then, uh, grab either a corner or an edge rusher, uh, with, with their first pick, uh, whenever that ends up being the case. But certainly I think you're looking at defense first, um, early and often, you know, trying to bolster the, the pass rush and the, the coverage and the, on the back end and the secondary. So we'll see how it goes. It'll be fun. Tex, you know, one of the, uh, a few offensive needs people talked about 
was maybe trying to get a little bit more depth at the offensive line, especially with some of the losses, losing Lang in the offseason and whatnot. They may have taken care of that by signing uh, Evans from New Orleans, a six-time Pro Bowler. Do you think that that was – obviously replacing Lang was important, but do you think that now takes drafting alignment off the board at least until maybe you know the third day? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because um, if a guy like like Ram Ramchick, who could pr- potentially project as a guard, or or maybe even Forrest Lamp falls to twenty nine, I don't think it's it's still out of the realm of possibility that they end up going with one of those guys. Um, I, I do still think that that again they focus on on the defense first, um, and they only would go with one of those two guys if a couple of the top edge rushers are off the board. Um, I don't know that it really changes the the draft process all that much because Evans is a 34 year old guy um, he's probably coming in at you know around the veteran minimum or so um, so it's probably not going to be uh, counting on him necessarily to to lock down that starting spot but certainly provide some depth compete with a guy like Don Barkley with the young guys and Kyle Murphy for that right guard job and uh, and certainly provide some again provide some depth at that position so I, I love the signing I think it's a, a perfect move for this point in the season um, in the offseason season um getting a guy with experience who like you said six-time pro bowler um but as far as the draft plan i I didn't really expect them to go go guard early but um yeah we'll we'll see how it shakes out but i I do think they'll they'll still take one on day three but i I would be surprised if they go offense on on day one you know i I, it's funny one of our Writers for Bucky's fifth quarter, Andrew Rosin, who was saying that he, uh, you know, he wouldn't mind Forrest Lamp if if they dropped that much. I know, I think, like Lanzerian from from uh, NFL Network had a uh, a mock where Forrest Lamp dropped to the bottom of the first round. Which, if he does, I mean, that's an intriguing pick uh, from the, the kid from Western Kentucky. But it, it, with that first pick and getting into the draft, you know, number twenty nine overall. And you're looking at you mentioned defense, and I think they'd go defense if they don't trade out of that pick. And I don't know, like I mean, obviously the name you're hearing, and it beca- I mean it's a it's that perfect storm of a a need for the Packers, plus the hometown feel, plus the 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 last name, and you have what you know a perfect storm of what you know many fans want, and I know I've. Uh, we share a writer, uh, a good friend of ours, and Owen Reese, who, uh, you know, like we, we I joke with him, saying, we're talking about T.J. Watt, but, you know, he he's a hot name. You're hearing, you know, some mocks say that. I think Tony Pauline earlier today had been, had, had uh, a, a report saying that they're eyeing Watt up at that pick and whether or not that's just a smoke screen for something else from another team or, or just uh, – you don't know. I mean, obviously it's a report, but you just wonder what's going to happen there. Um, it just – if Watts there at 29, uh, do you feel the Packers take him? Well, and then, it, you know, and two, uh, if not, which, you know, and besides you said, you know, trading out of the first round, which is a real possibility, if they do stay at 29, who do they think, do you think they pick? Do you still look at another edge rusher uh, if possible? Yeah, I mean, I've I've been on the record saying I love the idea of T.J. Watt in Green Bay. 
Um, you, you get him in there with an opportunity to rotate with guys like Clay Matthews and J. Ron Elliott um, opposite Nick Perry. I think that's the perfect scenario for him is, is where you can bring him in as a, as a pass rusher in you know, third down situations. Let, uh, let him bulk up a little bit. Let him work on his run defense. Um, and that's really going to be the best way, I think, to bring him along. And, and obviously he's a scheme fit playing in the 3-4. Um, I, I think his ceiling is as high as, as any just about any uh, edge rusher prospect in this draft. And I, I, I try to separate myself out from the name, from the, the school, um, because I, you know, so many of us who, who do like Watt, I think in that spot kind of get picked on for being Wisconsin homers. And I really try to uh, separate myself from, from that as far as evaluating him goes. And I still keep coming back to the guy's got a, a great ceiling. He tested, he tested out incredibly well. He's got really good tape and I think he'd be a great fit. Um, I, I, I think it, I think he's very much in consideration. Um, I don't obviously we don't know what the board looks like as far as how the Packers view those edge rushers, but a guy like Jordan Willis out of Kansas State is another one I could see them looking at. Um, some other names who really fit that that hyper athletic mold that the Packers like are Derek Rivers from Youngstown State. Uh, the the concern there is is his level of competition to some extent playing in the FCS. And then the other one is Tyus Bowser out of Houston. I think he's probably more of a second-round pick, but uh, we're starting to hear his name talked about a little more often now nowadays. Um, I think UCLA's Tack McKinley was a name that was really big early on in the process uh, for the Packers. I think he's probably gone by the time they pick. So I think you're looking at somebody in kind of that, that next tier down, um, a guy like Watt, a guy like Rivers or Willis. Um, and I think those are definitely options. As far as corners go, I think there are a couple of options there too. Um Shadobia Wuzier from Colorado is is my personal draft crush as far as the um, as far as the corners go. So so we'll see where where it goes. You know, oh, Tech, that that's who, I'm sorry, Jake. That's where I think they're going to go with the corner from Colorado. But here's the one thing about Watt and Thompson: whether you like the way Ted Thompson is drafted or not, whether you think his last couple drafts haven't been as good as they've been in the past, whatever you want to say about him, when has he ever? made the pick the fans wanted. I mean, we've been doing this long enough. It's it's very rare yeah. that he picks someone in the first round and people go, oh, yeah, you nailed it. And whether the guy turns out to be a great player or not is is regardless. It's, it always seems to be whoever he drafts, it's not the, the pick that the fans by and large wanted. Yeah, the one that I can recall recently, at least, that, that seemed like a consensus pick was Dayton Jones uh, in, in 2013. He just seemed like from where he projected at as far as his position and where the Packers needed. Um, everybody kind of thought he was going to be that ideal five-technique defensive end in the 3-4. And obviously that kind of didn't pan out with him moving over to that elephant end position the last year or two. But uh, that's the one time that I can think of that, that he really kind of stuck to the what everybody anticipated that he would do, regardless of, of what we thought he, you know, what, what the fans would like him to do. So um, I, I, I'm expecting him to do something a little different too. Um, but again, it, it all depends on the board. And I could certainly see uh, with Watts production and, and the way he's played him being right, right in that mix at 29. And that's, what's interesting too. And I was going to bring it up to uh, Peter Schrager from Fox sports. Just, I think they just put out there. So there, he did a full seven round draft, which, that's insane. And, uh, yeah, I, I looked at that. I just, I just saw this. Yeah. Seven round mock. And just at like maybe two hours ago, right. He has Watt going to the Packers at number 29, Ryan Ramchek, another, a former Badger going number 20 to Broncos, which either seems a lot of drafts have either the Broncos, the giants or the Seahawks for Ramchek. 
but you know, you also like Mike Mayock just had Alvin Kamara going to that pick uh, to the Packers at 29, uh, you know, earlier this evening. So I, you know, it's intriguing there, but you know, back to what I really feel, you know, and you and I are, especially, you know, being alums of the university. Yeah. It's, I think he'd be a great fit. And it's not just because of the name. I mean, his athletic ability, you saw what he did at the combine, which you don't try to do. I mean, my, Scott and I, for, for as long as we've done this podcast, have noted like you take a guy like Mike Mamula, who had you know was a freak in, in the you know in the combines and, and had all these great st- you know stats there, but he didn't amount to much in, in the NFL. Uh, but Watt has that you know he, he showed the ability back last season in his you know first real true season starting uh, with that athletic ability. I think him and, and Matthews uh, and Nick Perry they they'd be a nice combination to set the set the edge get the pass rush, but, you know, you've, you've seen the athleticism and, you know, obviously JJ is going to, you know, prop up his youngest brother. But even before that, a lot of people have said TJ is the more most athletic out of those three Watt brothers. I mean, I, I, this is one of the picks that seem to make sense for, for Ted Thompson and the Packers. It just really depends upon what, you know, if there's someone else that peaks their eye, like Sky says, there's someone that's under the radar that everyone's just like, what? And, and you know, Ted Thompson has his own little formula of, of, of making the pick. Yeah, and uh, you, you mentioned his his lack of experience, Watts, as, as a linebacker. And I think that that's one of those where scouts are going to be really split on that. It's, you know, oh, he, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's raw. You you, you can't count on him to be a, an impact guy. And then you look at a team that, that does more of that draft and develop style like the Packers, and they see guys a guy with tools who can be molded into that um you know that 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 pass rushing role. You know, get work with Winston Moss, work with the, the position coaches, um, work behind some of these veterans like Matthews, and and really develop his game uh, to become a, a potential star in this league. And and if I were a betting man, I'd bet that the Packers are are more in that mold. Certainly, you know, based on their draft and develop philosophy, that that they see the the tools and they think they can probably develop him. So that's that's why I think he he makes sense. Um, just just so much for for green bay at that at that spot now i want to ask you some questions in a little bit about the top of the draft particularly the number one pick but for the packers we know what their needs are you know cornerback uh, pass rusher in your mind if you were in the war room if you were to thompson how many cornerbacks how many pass rushers what other positions do they look for depth at inside linebacker obviously they'll grab an offensive lineman Will they grab a running back? If you were putting a wish list or a shopping list together, what would that look like? Well, yeah, I think I think you definitely see uh, multiple edge rushers come out of this class. I think you're probably going to get two within maybe the first four rounds or so. And a, a guy like Beagle is another one that I would love to see come to Green Bay. You know, third, fourth round somewhere yes, in that in that range. Yes, that yes, that'd be a perfect yes. perfect value for him. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Again, perfect scheme fit. Um, he he matches up really well athletically with Matthews too. So so we'll see what happens there. But um, you, you certainly I think you need at least one corner. Um, I, I think probably day two is where you get one of those. And then there's a couple of positions that I think are sneaky needs for this team. Um, certainly you'd like to get a running back probably day three. Um, again, I'm not a big believer in, in drafting running backs early. Um, you, know, you mentioned Mike Mayock's mock. He had the Packers going with Tennessee's Alvin Kamara in the first round, and, and I, I just I, I don't get that pick. Um, I, I think you can find a, a, 
a capable running back who can contribute in, in all phases of the game still early on day three. But probably get a running back day three. I think receiver is a sneaky need, and you could you could even see the Packers take one in day two of the draft. Um, we did our, our uh, two-day or round two mock draft with, with SB Nation, and we took Chris Godwin from Penn State with that 61st pick. So I think he's a he's a real good fit for Green Bay. So I think you could see a receiver somewhere in the middle rounds. Um, the other one that I actually kind of think is is under the radar too is the safety position. Um, Morgan Burnett's a free agent after this next year. Uh, he's going to probably play some inside linebacker this year again uh, when, when they move into the dime formation. So do, do, how much do the Packers like Kentrell Bryce in that spot as a as a backup as a reserve? Where do they think that um, that he projects? I think that's a question too, and and you could you could maybe see a safety somewhere um, somewhere in there as well. And obviously, you mentioned an offensive lineman; they're certainly going to get. I think they could use a defensive lineman as well. I keep rotating those guys on the on the three man front because because as we know, they they play so much nickel at this point. It's it's basically a, a two man line as their base formation. I think if they had a, a another lineman, they felt that they they could hold up a little bit better. Um, they'd probably play more three man lines. But um, at this point, I. I I think that's you know it's certainly a personnel issue that, that they've got guys like Kenny Clark and and Mike Daniels, but they just don't have a third guy that they really feel can can hold up for you know forty fifty snaps a game. And I think that's probably why you see them in nickel quite so much. So defensive line, you probably get a guy. Receiver, you get one. Running back, offensive line, I think you check those boxes off with one each, and then you fill out the rest with uh, with edge rushers and corners, and, and you call it a day. Here with Tex Western here from Acme Packing Company. So Cleveland has the number one pick, and, you know, for a while it was a foregone conclusion that it was going to be Miles Garrett. Then Trubisky's name comes up, and now I'm hearing rumors that they could make, even make a trade and get the five pick and end up getting them both. But what do you think Cleveland's going to do? Because there's some of the ways these stories are playing out. It kind of reminded me of the movie Draft Day. Um, <laughs> but but it's still Cleveland and they still somehow managed to bungle uh, having the number one pick. Do you think it's going to be Garrett? Do you think they'll go somewhere else? What, what do you think they do to start the draft? No, I, I think all this Trubisky stuff is just smoke screens at this point. I think they, I think they have to take Garrett. I think they will take Garrett. Um, I think head and shoulders, he's the, the best prospect in this draft. And, as much as you know, living in Ohio now, I'm, I'm I get to deal with a lot of Cleveland fans and and hear a lot of them complain about how how they seem to mess it up every year, but I, I don't think they can or, or will mess this one up. I think they take Garrett. I think they uh, I, I certainly do think they'll try to find a way to move up from that 12 spot and and target Trubisky because I think there's some teams in the bottom half of the top 10 who who really will will seriously consider uh, drafting him. So Tennessee seems like it makes us makes sense at, at five as a trade target with them jump up ahead of the jets um i, I think it kind of de- depends on what san francisco and chicago do at two and three i don't think either one of them will take um will take trubisky i think they've got some other needs and and they might focus on um on quarterback in in round two um but yeah i, I think that that trade up from from 12 to 5 makes sense but um I think everything as far as you know using that first pick on Trubisky, I think that's all smoke and mirrors. Go with Garrett. Don't overthink it. Just just do it and get your quarterback later. We're here with Tex Western from Acme Packing Company here on the Kibasa King Sports Extravaganza and talking, you know, flipping a little bit. You know, we talk about Watt to the 
Packers, you know, another Badger. We talked about Ryan Ramchick. Sounds like he's had his name thrown about with the Broncos, with the Giants, with uh, the Seahawks. Uh, you know, yeah, he had that hip impingement and that or that that labrum in the hip that uh, was repaired upon. He did do bench press and he did 25, which was decent uh, enough, especially considering it's not necessarily a, a great indicative uh, lift or drill to show off strength on that matter, but he did more than uh, quite a few former Wisconsin Badger linemen uh, it, it before him. Uh, but, you know, what do you see out of Ramchick? I mean, are those the best three fits from him? And, 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 you know, you mentioned with Green Bay, like, do you think if he ever falls, like, would he be a good pick for him? Like, would they slide inside and, and be kind of a, a guard in training or, you know, for, you know, uh, if Evans doesn't pan out or t- take over? I mean, what do you see out of Ramchick and, in, in, in where he might fit for on an NFL team. Well, it's interesting because in another year's draft, I think Ramchick might be a, a, a second round pick as, as his ceiling, but because of how few good offensive linemen there are in this, this draft class, I think that's probably why you're, you're seeing him vault into the, the, you know, the twenties category as far as the first round. Um, just because there, there's so few other guys who can play left tackle and, and play it at a solid level that, uh, those guys always obviously go at a premium. So I think that's part of it. Um, I think his best fit is probably tackle, but um, I think he would project okay to guard as well. And and I think if if he's there, I think that the Packers certainly have to give him a long look. But again, it, it all depends at um, on on where those edge rushers are at, at 29. So it's it's interesting. I'm not too worried about the the hip issues. He's you know the the exams and everything he said. It sounds like he'll be ready for training camp. So yeah, you miss out on a little bit on. Um, on spring practices and OTAs and mini camp and, and that. But um, at that point he's, you know, he's still working with the coaches in, in the weight room, doing rehab, um, working on the playbook and, and hopefully he should be ready to go by, by the start of training camp. So I don't think that'll really hurt him too much. Um, I, I do think Denver is a good fit. Um, I could see the giants. They, they need help on the offensive line. Um, you know, one of those teams between 20 and 25, I think, makes a lot of sense for him. And I think that's probably where he'll go. I don't think he'll be there at 29 when the Packers go on the clock. You know, I saw the piece on ESPN about Aaron Rodgers and, and the whole green room awkward moments when he, he fell all the way to where the Packers were able to draft him. Looking at the first round, if you could pick, I know that you've got your mock drafts and, and I know you've got players slotted where you think they should go. But if you could pick one guy in maybe the top 10 that you think has a chance to fall all the way down to the 20s to be this year's somewhat Aaron Rodgers, who would that player be? Well, there's a couple of names I'll throw at you there. Um, one of them is is Derek Barnett, the Tennessee pass rusher. Um, a lot of times he early on he's been kind of going to the Saints at 11, maybe sneaking into the top 10. And the more I think about it, the more I think he he slips and and starts falling into the 20s. Um, another one, um, see, Deshaun Watson, quarterback. I I, I think. I really think Trubisky is going to be the only quarterback drafted maybe in the top 15 picks or so. I just don't know that teams are teams that are, are quarterback desperate are really going to going to want to go for Watson. I think they probably look at him as a guy who needs some time to develop. And so so he's somebody who I think um, could end up falling. And honestly, that could help push some other quarterbacks down into the 20s or, or beyond. And uh, if those falls start to happen, I think, again, that helps the Packers' odds of trading back into the second round 
because one of those teams will want to try to move up into the first round and, and get a quarterback. So that's another guy I could think of. Um, and then uh, some of the receivers, I, I, I don't know, I don't have a good feel on where the receivers go. You've got such drastically different guys this year with John Ross, the fat, the speedy guy out of Washington. You've got big physical guys like Corey Davis and Mike Williams. Um, we're starting to, you know, there's some rumblings that Davis might even slip down into the 20s as well, um, part, maybe with some of those injury issues. And, and geez, if, if he's available somehow um, at 29, Draft that, that would be, oh, absolutely. No, don't, don't even think about it. Get that card up there because he'd be a, a fantastic pick for Green Bay. Man, can you imagine him um, lining up on the boundary opposite a guy like Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson in the slot and, and Randall Cobb on the other side? Uh, that that would be, you know, that should be a Aaron Rodgers' dream come true is to have a guy like Corey Davis out there. So a um, couple of guys, I think, all over the board. It's it's so fluid nowadays. It's it's tough to really get a feel for, for what's going on. And on the other side of things, I think Hassan Reddick, from Temple, the linebacker, he's he's probably going to go top fifteen. I think there was there was some thought at, at one point that he'd be there at twenty nine, and I would love to see his fit in Green Bay. They could use him kind of like Matthews inside outside pass rushing, put him in coverage. But um, I think he'll be he'll be long long gone by the time Green Bay's on the clock. Yeah, and Tex, you know, uh, real quick since you know uh, we'll talk just real quick on Badgers. Like you know, we talked Beagle, you know, Vince Beagle who you think is really solid when it comes to uh, it could be another fit if T.J. Watt isn't there. You also look at the side, you know, like other players like Corey Clement, Daria Gumbawale, another walk-on that has the opportunity to be drafted uh, in that long line like you saw last year with Joe Schobert, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, we can go down that list there. But you have also guys like Soldier and Shelton, who is an intriguing pick despite the size at 5'9", you know, has great ball skills and, and plays the position very well. Uh, even, uh, you know, I mean, granted, I think a guy like Robert Wheelwright, uh, even a Bart Houston or a Leo Musa will probably be more priority undrafted for agents that will find some time in a camp. But where do you see a guy, guys like Clement and you see even Beagle, if he doesn't go to the Packers, uh, Clement, um, you know, Ogumbawale and Shelton. I mean, are you thinking, like, day three picks probably and that likelihood for them. Yeah. I think Beagle's got the best chance of, of sneaking into at the end of, of day two and maybe going late on in the third round. Um, just because again, he's, he's got great production over the last couple of years. He, he tested out really well. Um, and certainly there's, there's a lot of three, four teams out there right now that, that need pass rushers. I think Pittsburgh could be a good fit for him too. If, if he doesn't end up in green Bay, um, a team like Pittsburgh, a team like the jets, um, you know, any of those, those three, four teams that, um, that, that, that tend to use their, their outside linebackers in that, that traditional pass rushing role. Uh, as far as Clements and Agumba Wale go, I, I think, yeah, those guys are both probably day three picks. Clement probably goes a little earlier than, than Dare does. I, even though I think as far as projecting to the NFL, I think Agumba Wale probably is, is going to have the, the longer and the more productive career just because he's a little bit, he's a little bit more versatile. He can do more in the passing game. He can be a three down back. Um, you, you can bring him in there and uh, on third downs and, and be comfortable with his pass protection. Uh, I, I would love to see him as, you know, if the Packers don't get a running back before maybe around five or six, I'd love to see them scoop him up uh, late on day three because I think he'd be a, a great compliment to – he can do all the same sort of things that, that Ty Montgomery can do. He's he's a better pass blocker than, than what we've seen Montgomery uh, 
display. So I think that's a a good spot and and very much kind of in that that James White role that that White has carved out for himself in New England. So so we'll see where he goes. Shelton I think will get drafted as well, but again um, the size concerns I think that pushes him down to to day three too. And I think you nailed it with the other guys. Um, as far as the free agency goes, I think Musso catches on. Um, Wheelwright, I, I thought it was really interesting that he had a, an official visit with the Packers. The Packers brought in about eight or ten receivers for their uh, on their 30 official draft visits. So that was a um, – it, it's interesting that they're looking at that position so heavily as far as uh, potential undrafted free agents. But uh, with Wheelwright being one of those guys, um, you could see – certainly I think he'll land in – if he doesn't land in a uh, – um, in a priority free agent signing slot right after the draft, he'll certainly get a tryout invite from a team or two, and uh, I can see him certainly um, impressing there and, and signing on uh, after a tryout as well. Yeah, Scotty, do you have anything else, brother? Uh, no, no, I, I'm excited to see how all the dominoes fall, and you know, it could be one of those drafts where everything goes off the rails very early, or it could be one of those things where it goes pretty close to projected, but We'll, we'll find out in less than 24 hours. Yeah, I hit it on the head right there. I, it should be interesting. And, and Tex, I mean, what, what do you guys have planned for tomorrow before the draft? And, of course, what are you guys going to have uh, dur- uh, throughout the draft, uh, too, uh, going on? <sighs> Oh man, well it'll be it'll be fun. We'll be uh, dur- during the draft. We'll be running some live threads. We'll uh, we'll ana- we'll analyze um, all the NFC North picks as they come in. Um, Chicago picking at three. We'll we'll kind of break down what their pick means for them uh, right off the bat, and then work on to, to Detroit and Minnesota's picks as well. And then obviously we'll be uh, you know we'll be keeping an eye throughout the the three days on uh, on the Packers picks. We'll bring some out ana- some. Uh, Instant analysis of each pick. We'll try to get uh, quotes from the press conferences and everything afterwards. Um, and then Saturday, be sure to, to check us out as we keep an eye on the undrafted free agent signings. I know that's always a huge deal. Um, I know our Jason Hirschhorn is um, is pretty plugged in, and so he'll he'll probably be um, be able to have some news on on that front as well. So keep an eye out there. Um, as far as during the day tomorrow, I mean we're just we're just getting ready. We're uh, We've got a, a whole bunch of stuff planned all, all throughout the weekend. So um, so we, we hope to see you at APC. Dex, as always, man, it's great having you on the show. Uh, like I said, everyone, do follow him at Tex Western. Follow Acme Packing Company at Acme Packing Company. Just making sure I – yep, or yep, Acme Packing Company. Making sure I, you guys have not changed. Acme Packing Co. is the Twitter handle. And on that note, guys, uh, we'll take a quick break. Come back, wrap up the show here on the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza, brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Welcome back, guys. Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza, brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. And big thanks again to Tex Western coming on the show, talking some NFL draft, and it's going to be a busy time for us. It's a busy time for Wisconsin sports in general, right? And now yeah, 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 absolutely. By the way, I wanted to let you know, and everybody whatever tomorrow from seven to nine i'll be co-hosting on Bruce sports uh we'll be doing a draft show uh we'll be on for the first couple hours of the actual draft so if you're looking for some insights because the pack we probably won't be on when the pack draft but if you're looking for some other insights some nfl draft talk come us in absolutely no and they do some great stuff over at Bruce sports follow them on facebook and they do it on youtube too and the quality is just uh superb so 
Uh, they do some great stuff over at Brew Sports. I'll be, I'll make sure I try to, I'll make sure I tune in as well. Uh, and you know, you and I both had a chance to check out some baseball games this, earlier this week, and Milwaukee Brewers now swept the Cincinnati Reds after their victory this afternoon. And the big name, and you know, you talk about, uh, you know, drug testing and whatnot, and Eric Thames' name after his stellar start this year uh, for the for the uh, for the Brewers at first base and and how many has he taken so far and he even joked about you know he's like I got plenty of blood and urine essentially is what he uh, said uh, yeah, I think it was today already and uh, yeah and so I mean but he's had I mean I got a chance to watch him for the first time in person and uh, yesterday and and I mean, a home run last last night, and he—I mean—he is the story of those, you know, the early part of 2017. Well, the Brewers are 12 and 11, and I still think their ceiling is 78, 79 wins. But I think they're going to be a lot more fun to watch uh, because Tate, because of Shaw, Brian Braun for as long as he's a Brewer, but Brinson probably gets called up June 1st, where they don't lose the year of eligibility on him. So at least they're scoring some runs. It's fun to watch. So. The drug testing thing bugs me a little bit for this reason alone. Okay. Um, John Lackey complaining uh, a couple weeks ago about Tames making some uh, comments, uh, undertones that he, you know, obviously can't. He's so crazy past every test. I think it's quite hypocritical for a guy like John Lackey, who was in a clubhouse filled with PED users when he was in Boston. And a guy who probably should be tested himself at 38. Still pitch every five days, um, much like when Andy Pettit was using it was because he was getting up there long. But I think it's just ridiculous. I, I I think you know it's typical whining from from John Lackey, and and I, to be quite honest with you, I kind of expected a little bit better from the Cubs organization than that. But whatever, as long as Tate keeps passing the test, he can keep proving him wrong all, all year as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, I get, yeah, we'll see. And obviously, I mean. Yeah, you said the Brewers are going to be more fun. You saw that today, you know, during the series against the Cubs and the Cardinals. If I'm not mistaken, they had leads, uh, and they squandered them. So, it, you know, they, they have the ability to, to to obviously generate runs, and we'll just see uh, what they're just they're, they're not going to have enough pitching. You know, the starting pitching that great. The bullpen's not as good as it was last year, but even if it was, it'd get burned out because of it. You know, I, to be quite honest, unless Zach Davies picks it up, I can't see a guy in the starting five that's going to be in the starting rotation when the Brewers are competing for a pennant again. You know, I don't think the future is here. I think there's a few good arms in the minor leagues. I really think with all the outfield prospects they have and all the shortstop and middle infield prospects they have, they're going to have to trade some of it for pitching. And that's just the way it's going to go. And if Ryan Braun gets out, you know, again, I we talked about this. I'm not against the trade of Ryan Braun, and I'm not necessarily for it, but if you're going to make the trade, you're going to damn sure get some almost ready major league arms that are top uh, top guys in, in somebody's uh, organization. If you do that, then fine. Go ahead and trade my problem. If you're not going to get pitching, you're just going to get more outfield prospects that you hope you can deal later. There's no reason to trade them. It'd be silly. So we'll see what happens, but if it does happen, you better get some arms. I think that's the, the problem the Brewers have in their system. They have a few guys, you know, Hater and a few other guys but they're really, they don't have the pitching that I think they're going to need if they're going to make that run in three years for a pennant or whatever the case may be. Looking at the Bucks, that as we're starting to wrap up the show, and 
Uh, you know, obviously disappointing last two games. They're up 2-1. They squander the home court advantage with a loss on Saturday afternoon. And then on Monday, they just, just you know, Toronto dominated and just kept, you know, kept going. And uh, you saw the loss there. And, and now Milwaukee heads back home. And the Brewers, you know, they mentioned in their postgame comments earlier today that they're gonna, a lot of them are going to be at the game tomorrow night at the Bradley Center. Uh, you know, Bradley Center, do they extend this to a Game 7? I think Toronto wins this still. But uh, I, I, you have to think, you know, with, with the hometown crowd, if they can boost them up one more time, they, they can force a Game 7, right? Maybe, but that's, they're not going to win this year. That's what it comes down to. Road teams at Game 7 are, are, you know, abysmal when you look at the records of, of road teams at Game 7, especially in the first round. Um, I, I don't think they can win in Toronto. I think they, they look like, like they were sleepwalking on Monday. Their offense sleptwalked on Saturday. And, uh, you know, you listen to some of the Toronto players and they said they were inspired by, you know, a boisterous, uh, film session where they called each other out and held each other accountable. And it seemed to work for them. Whatever it was, the Bucks haven't looked good the last, uh, five days, to be quite honest with you. And, you know, they may win tomorrow, and I hope they do because you still want to have a shot to win a game seven, but I don't think the team can win a game seven. I mean, if they, if they, I mean, if they do win, I mean, there's playing with house money, right? I mean, because we probably won't have a podcast till next week when the series is over. So, I mean, if they win this series, if they come back and win the last two games, there's playing with house money the rest of the time, correct? In your opinion, you know, do you, I mean, and if they lose. Uh, I mean, obviously we can have, we'll probably have Eric name back on the show or one of our friends from brew hoop, the SB nation site that covers the bucks uh, religiously, you know, season still a success, right? A lot of people didn't predict them to go to the playoffs. A lot of people didn't expect them to be competitive as they have been against Toronto for some of these games. Uh, I mean, still, well, still, I mean, what do you I, think? I don't, I mean, I don't believe, I don't think moral victories mean, mean squat, but I do think as a success, I think the season's success simply because they were pretty much left for dead on the day that Jabari, Jabari Parker got injured. And the fact that they went on a roll without him and played themselves into the playoffs, got a seven seed or a six seed, I'm sorry, actually had a chance at a five. Yeah, that's a success. Um, as far as this postseason series goes, it, winning a couple games is great, but, you know, I, you know, maybe those are things you could build on for next year when, if they're in the playoffs again. But yeah, I would say it's a successful season, but I, you know, it, it's still about you know trying to win a series, and the Bucks obviously haven't done that in you know, almost two decades. Wrapping up the show here on this Wednesday evening, the new uh, the 2017 NFL Draft Eve. In your opinion, um, make we'll just make a quick prediction as we go there. Uh, who do you think the Packers take at 29 then? I think they're taking the cornerback, and I don't want to butcher his name out of Colorado. I think that's where they go. I think that's the need. I know edge rushing the need to, but I don't know if you remember any of the the film from last year. It still gives me nightmares. Their secondary was awful. So we could talk about how much they need to rush the quarterback, and I believe that. They need a quarterback, too. Um, actually, they probably need a couple. I know they, they re-signed around Howells from Jacksonville, but Hey, I think that's where they go, and that's a kid who's been rising up on a lot of people's uh, radars. And you know, I, I, I think they're going to get a couple quarterbacks or a couple edge rushers, but I think they take the kid from Colorado first. 
Yeah, I, 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 I feel they're leading edge. Everyone's saying Watt, and as much as it'd be intriguing to have that edge rusher opposite and and have Watt in Green Bay, I just don't know if he's going to be there. To be honest with you, you know. Well, saying, well, let me ask you. Let me ask you this. I know you're. I, I know you want Watt to be there. I know you're a badge guy, and I like the kid a lot too. But let me ask you this: Aaron Rodgers' window to win a championship is getting smaller, smaller because he's getting older. They need the defense to be better immediately. I think Watt's going to be a great player in the NFL, but I think it's going to be a couple years before he's up to the potential to beat him to beat. Do you take that chance knowing that you really have to get a guy and to be plugged in and be, you know, as close to, to 100% at the position you're drafting him at? And that's where it's a little dicey with Watt, where the position, where do you play him, how do you use him, how many downs does he play, or do you grab a quarterback that can play every down? Because of the shrinking window with one of the NFL's best quarterbacks who probably has three years of elite left in him. So that that's that's the only reason why I would shy away from Watt. I like Watt. And he may, in fact, be gone before the Packers can even kick him. But I think you got to plug something in there that can help you win. More importantly, make that defense decisively better. I, I, not, they don't just need to be a little bit better. They need to be 75% better than they were last year for them to even have a shot to win the Super Bowl, and that's really what it should be all about right now. Yeah, I also feel like the secondary is deep this year, or at least quarterbacks are. So that's what makes me intrigued there. So, I mean, I mean and this is why they don't – this is why we're not in the war room – or whatever they want to call that. I'm not going to call it a war room. I'll call it a, a strategy room uh, there in Green Bay up in, in Lambeau Field. So, I, you know, I, I do see your point there. I just – I'm wondering, you know, what happened. You hope, yeah, they have house. I mean, they obviously need to address secondary. I just think there could be some guys later, like even in the second round, that could be intriguing at cornerback as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. Obviously, and I mean, yeah, and, and don't be surprised. And don't be surprised if, you know, even though they need a cornerback and they need edge rushers, don't be surprised if Ted Thompson throws a monkey wrench in there and goes somewhere completely different. Pass an interior defensive linebacker. Pass an inside linebacker. Because that's what's happened over the last few years. So we could sit here and, and pontificate. Do they go watch? Do they do cornerback? And he could just do a complete 180 on everybody and go, no, I'm going here instead. That, there, there's really, you know, I mean, I know picking at 29 is always going to be some of that thing change because, but how many times in the last few years have Packers were taken to the 20s, and here's a player you want, and for some reason he's falling, and he falls to where the Packers could yep. pick him, and they don't pick him anyway. Right, right. I mean, it, I mean, like you said, like it is, it's Tex Western, you know, Tex mentioned. If Corey Davis falls to 29 somehow, they better scoop him up. Like, I, I, that's my sure. opinion. I, I mean, I think he is the – he could be phenomenal for the Packers. Uh, and, you know, if he, if he, as long as he can pick up that offense quickly, which I think he can – uh, and you saw what he did, you know, against the Badgers in the Cotton Bowl. Even though, you know, I think Shelton did a decent job on him. He, but there's that explosiveness there on Davis, and, and you saw what he's done, uh, and what the records that he holds for the NCAA. So, um, yeah, I mean, and you know, Forrest Lamp falls to him. I think that'd be a great fit too. Uh, you're looking at, it, you know, I mean, like I said, the lineman class isn't that great, but heck, you know, this is, um, the you know the whoever the best available is and you gotta you gotta run with it and i, I mean i think ted's obviously gonna do ted's gonna ted and like you know we and, mentioned and, and ted loves his pac-12 guys I, he just loves those pac-12 guys so oh we'll we'll see how it all plays out exactly 
Uh, on that note, uh, anything else? By the way, real quick, how was ECW Wisconsin and the, uh, the 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 big event this past weekend? It was phenomenal. Um, ACW, uh, the crew up there, Dylan, Josh, uh, Nate, um, they they do such a, a great job. They really do, and uh, it's a great show. And, and they drew close to a thousand. Um, great crowd. Brett the Hitman Hart was great with the fans. We'll leave it at that. Uh, Vicky Guerrero and Carlito and Ken uh, Anderson, great with everybody as, as they always are. Um, but it was it was a wonderful time and a great show. Awesome to hear, awesome to hear, brother. And uh, yeah, just let me know. Uh, yeah, like I said, we'll come back next week. We'll analyze the Packers draft picks. We'll talk more, uh, and and obviously talk Bucks. We'll see how the Brewers are doing, and we'll take it from there. But uh, anything else you got, brother, before we take it home? No, that that should wrap it up. It's excited, an exciting day tomorrow with the Bucks playing at the same time the NFL draft is going on. And I'll be hosting, like I said, co-hosting on, on Brew Sports. With my head on a swivel, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. Excellent. Make sure you guys check uh, Scotty on Brew Sports. Make sure you follow their Facebook page, follow on YouTube. Uh, and uh, make sure you guys check out Acme Packing Company for all the Green Bay Packers news and notes, uh, and also, and also our friends at Cheesehead TV. But then, two uh, Bucky's fifth quarter. See where Ryan Ramchick and see where TJ Watt go. Should be quite interesting to see uh, where they land, uh, if they land at all in the first round. A lot of people are starting to predict them there. Rains to be seen, uh, but make sure you guys check out Bucky's fifth quarter for that because uh, we'll have news notes analysis and a lot more coming up this weekend so uh for the polish rifle scott wisniewski this is jay kokorowski doza bachenia my friends we'll see you next week on the kielbasa king sports extravaganza brought to you by bucky's fifth quarter